Sunday, it's the Chiefs and 49ers, and you can hear the game here. Pre-game coverage at 2, kickoff 325, Kansas City, San Francisco, this Sunday. Touchdown, Kansas City! On your home for Chiefs football, KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue here on a Tuesday night. We are efforting Andy Strickland. Hope to talk with him in the next uh, few moments. Some breaking sports news. The New York Yankees have advanced. They are going to the ALCS. They defeat the Cleveland Guardians today by a 5-1 score. With that, they win that series 3-2. Up next for New York, a trip to Houston. The ALCS will begin tomorrow night. Game 1 against the Astros. The NLCS, it is beginning this evening as the Padres and Phillies are going to play Game 1 against each other. I'm curious. We'll talk about this more, I think, coming up on tomorrow's program. As a Cardinals fan, what's the team that you are most rooting for now that we're down to baseball's version of the Final Four? I think there's reasons to kind of honestly to like all four teams. The Astros probably last on that list, but the Yankees obviously have a couple uh, key former Cardinals there and Matt Carpenter and Harrison Bader. Um, yeah, even the Astros, you, you root for a Dusty Baker. The Padres, you just think about uh, that fan base and how long it's been since they've had anything. The Phillies are the team that beat the Cardinals. So, yeah, certainly um, there's reasons to look at each team, I think, as a Cardinals fan and attempt to um, figure out which team you are uh, you are most rooting for to win the World Series. So more on that coming up. But, again, the Yankees have defeated Cleveland, eliminating the Guardians from the playoffs. The St. Louis Blues, they have only played one game this year. There are a lot of teams out there that have played three games. The Blues have only played one. Uh, eventually, the games will start coming fast and furious, uh, but they'll play tomorrow, Wednesday, and then they have to wait to Saturday again, so they'll finally play their third game uh, this Saturday. Very happy to uh, welcome on to uh, the program. He is the uh, rinkside reporter on the uh, Bally Sports Midwest Blues broadcast. He is Andy Strickland. Andy, thanks so much for your time. How are you? Hey, it's great to be with you. I'm doing great tonight. How about you? I am I am good. What's it like for you? You live, breathe, eat hockey, and we're here early on in the season. The schedule makers have decided that the Blues are going to play every three, four days. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're on the NFL schedule, you know, so it's like, uh, but rumor has it they're going to play more than 16 games. So eventually, you know, it's all going to even out. Um, you know, sometimes you'd rather have these breaks later in the season, you know, after the grind of the schedule and maybe with bodies being a little more beat up, but it is what it is. There's nothing you can do about it. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing them get on the road for the first time and, uh, and play against, um, you know, play some games and get on this first road trip and kind of get an idea of what they look like because the first test looked pretty good on Saturday at home. All right, so let's throw a positive spin on this. What is uh, the positive side of coming out of training camp, still having some time before you finally play that first game, and then having more time before you play the second? You're getting a lot of practice time on the ice. What is the benefit of having that extra time here early on in the season? Well, I mean, I guess the benefit is, you know, maybe you had some beat-up bodies in training camp and you had those training camp legs and you're dealing with some bumps and bruises and some soft tissue injuries. And there are a couple of players that are dealing with some stuff. You know, I mean, Buchnevich, for example, didn't get on the ice in practice today. And, you know, Logan Brown, for example, is a guy who made the team, but, you know, he's unavailable right now. He's out hurt. So, um, and and I think um, a real, you know, positive is the fact that you can get Jordan Bennington a bunch of games here in the early going. You know, you don't have some back-to-backs. You're not forced to 
you know, turn to Thomas Grice just yet. I would imagine he could get a game, maybe that Monday game uh, in Winnipeg to close out the road trip. Maybe that's a game where you see Grice play because they're going to want to get him in too. But, you know, the way the schedule sets up, it allows you to get, you know, Bennington some games, get some breaks between games, um, you know, and for some team bonding too. You know, and they were able to get to South Carolina, you know, and now they're going to, you know, have a, a road trip with some off days on this road trip. They got out to Seattle early today. I think they flew out at like noon St. Louis time. So they were going to have plenty of time to spend some time in Seattle there tonight as well and, and play a national television game. But, you know, listen, you want to play the games. The last thing these guys want to be doing is just practicing every day. Um, so, but again, like I said, it is what it is. I mean, you can find silver lining and some positives in playing games. And I guess you can do the same in the, in the event that the schedule is, you know, it looks like, you know, it does right now. Everything is a tiny sample size right now because of just the one game played. So maybe won't we won't be asking these exact same questions two weeks from now. But uh, in that game against Columbus, and you know Columbus is on back to back, so there's it's hard to really assess this. But it felt like the Blues were able to wear them down. And historically, the Blues as a franchise, when they are that kind of big, heavy team that can wear down teams and score some game-winning goals in the third period, that's when they have their most success. Is that part of what maybe what their DNA will be this year? Uh, I think their DNA is just going to be able to score a lot of goals. You know, I mean, you look at the way that they're built. You know, last season you can go back to them having, you know, you know nine, you know, 20 goal scorers. And with eight of those, you know, returning right now, then, you know, you know you're going to be able to put the puck in the net. you got an experienced guy back there in Jordan Bennington who should be able to keep the puck out of the net. So, uh, I mean, their, their DNA is going to be a team that can skate. I think they look quicker. Uh, and I know everybody wanted David Perron back, you know, this season, you know, and a guy who obviously has been here and has been a big part of the hockey team and the organization. But, you know, by not having him here, it, it allows guys like, you know, Cairo to be slotted up the lineup for a guy like Jake Neighbors to make the team out of training camp. Torpchenko's got a roster spot. And to me, when you look at the Blues, you know, just their four lines, you go four lines deep, you know, line to line to line to line. They're, they're quicker. They're a better skating team than they were probably at this point last year. And we all know you need to skate. And you look at the big monster inside the division, it's the Colorado Avalanche. And what do you need to be able to do if you're going to beat the Avalanche? You better be able to skate. So, um, they're quicker, and that's one thing about the Blues. I think you'll realize, and that's going to be a storyline as we move along, is just you know how much better of a skating team they are now compared to maybe where they were a year ago. I was listening to uh, Craig Berube speak with the media earlier today, and one of the things that struck me, he was asked about the, the uh, Bujnevich, Tomitz, uh, Tarasenko line, and he, he opened it by saying that they're a very good line and they play well together and, and so on and so forth. But he also talked about the improvement that that group can make and maybe they're overpassing a little bit. Um, were those comments, do they surprise you at all? What do you take away from that? Which, which line did you say? I'm sorry. Uh, the the, uh, the Buchnevich line. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. I thought they were overpassing. I mean, they were overpassing in, in training camp, too. I mean, Ruby made a couple of comments about wanting more shots on goal from Buchnevich specifically. So, um, I thought, specific, you know, really in the first period, um, maybe they were guilty of that. And it's not just the forwards, but it's also maybe some players on the back end, too, who, you know, have some opportunities to shoot the puck. But, you know, like Tory Krug did, on Buchnevich's goal, he made the right play with a beautiful no-look pass, and he was able to find him on the power play. And Buchnevich obviously, you know, finished nicely with a one-time shot. Um, but when you have skilled players the way the Blues do, and, and when you have the connection that they do with one another, just in terms of the chemistry, you know, maybe you're going to see that. Um, and, and things are going to change. It's been one game. 
And, you know, sometimes the score will dictate that, you know, maybe you're not going to overpass if, you know, you're chasing a game or if you're on the road, maybe you'll simplify it a little bit. Um, You know, listen, so I saw the same thing, but I I just think it's a credit to the skill level and the confidence these guys have in one another. They're unselfish. And sometimes, you know, when you you have that much talent on the ice at, at, at once and you look at the chemistry, a guy like Tarasenko and Thomas and Buchnevich have with one another and, and, uh, you know, Shannon, Barbashev, and these guys. I mean, you're going to have a tendency to do that just based on the confidence that you have. But I, I think that will settle down as we move along here. As we talk about chemistry, maybe the number one storyline throughout training camp was the developing chemistry between a Ryan O'Reilly and a Jordan Cairo. What have you seen from those two guys, and how much more can they get even more on the same page as the season goes along? Um, this is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And, and um you know, O'Reilly, and, and listen, he can play with anybody. You know, Cairo is the type of player who, whose game is obviously predicated around his speed and his explosiveness, his, his first three steps, his ability to get separation on, you know, the, the you know, on NHL defensemen, um, unlike most players can do just with pure speed. Um, and, you know, just O'Reilly's hockey sense alone allows him to, to work well with whoever's playing on his line. You know, we saw that obviously with David Perron, but he's had, you know, an interchange of left wingers over the course of his time here, whether it's Shen, whether it's Brandon Saad, you know, he's had Barbashev up there. He's had Buchnevich at times too. So like, he's so easy to read off of. Um, I don't think it's difficult at all for, for these guys who all have elite level skill. And in the case of Cairo, who can skate and has great hockey sense, uh, these guys are easy to play with, right, with a guy like O'Reilly. So um, I, w- I would think that will come along. Listen, I said before the season that I thought Cairo is going to end up leading this team in scoring this season. Uh, and, I- and I could be wrong. could be Tarasenko. could be Thomas. could be Buchnevich. Who knows how that's going to play out. But, you know, he's a guy, even with his eyes closed, uh, just gets scoring chances. You saw it the other night in the opener. You know, he gets breakaways. He gets two-on-ones. And, and he's going to continue to get those just based on his, you know, anticipation, uh, combined with his speed and, and his, his, you know, his, his gifts that he has offensively. So, um, listen, that's only going to grow and get better. The big question mark is going to be, you look at the responsibility that O'Reilly has on this team, um, and he closes games out, uh, obviously takes important defensive, defensive zone faceoffs. He's on the ice in the final minute of periods of games, like I said. Um, and he has a certain role that he plays. And in the past, he's had a veteran guy like Perron playing with him. You just – you, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch and see how Cairo, uh, if he can handle, you know, playing in that, in that same type of role and having that same type of responsibility. You know, late in games, if they're if, if they're trying to close out a one goal lead, or are they going to have to flip flop Cairo and Tarasenko and get a more mature player up there and make that in game adjustment? And I'll be curious to see where the trust is between Craig Berube and and Jordan Cairo as we get into the uh, those type of situations because. If you're going to play with O'Reilly, you've got to be able to play in all situations, in all three ends, all three zones. He is Andy Strickland. You see and hear him on Valley Sports Midwest as the Blues uh, ringside reporter. Andy, thank you so much for your time. Hopefully we can uh, continue to chat with you uh, over the course of the season. Yeah, absolutely, guys. No problem at all. Anytime, give me a shout. Hope you guys are well. Have a great night. All right, very good. There's Andy Strickland joining us. Follow him on Twitter, at Andy Strickland. Uh, appreciate him taking uh, some time. Uh, alluded to Craig Berube and his uh, media session that he had earlier today and some of the things he got into. Uh, we'll play some of his uh, comments. I thought I thought today, more than any other day, and you know, just, just as, as you get into the season, 
even one game in, who you are as a team uh, starts to uh, develop. And uh, I thought it was interesting some of the things that uh, Craig Berube said earlier today. So we will play them for you, and hopefully you find them interesting as well. It's Sports Open Line. We're back with more in just a moment here on KMOX. (laughs) 